The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
Yeah, there's Very something nice. about that Very tune nice. yes. that takes me back to uh, days of yore. And in fact, my first Laser Floyd experience. Oh, All right. All so, right. Of, of course, as most people know, that is Pink Floyd uh, with their tune Run Like Hell yeah. off of the Wall album and circa, cor- what was that, 79? I believe? Something like that. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that is the only Pink Floyd tune in the history of Pink Floyd to be <laughs> under 10 minutes, isn't it? <laughs> well, they, there is the uh, the radio-friendly version of Brick in the Wall. Right. right, um, right. But yeah, you're absolutely correct. Other than that, every song is like an opus and yeah. and good, but just not suited for you know our purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Radio airplay in general. Right. You know? So this time they nailed it on the time. They nailed it on the subject content. Yep. But uh, before we get into that, of course, welcome back, my friend. Yes. It's our first show of 2022 good. after a brief little hiatus. Good to see you after the break, John. It's good to be seen. All How right. are your holidays? Good? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always the same with the holidays. I'm happy they're over. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> now we just have to pay for them. Happy to move on. And yeah, well, then those first credit card bills hit in January. Yeah. It's like wow, <laughs> yeah, and of course we, the, uh, we were feeling festive this year. Yes, we were, and and right on the heels of uh, you know Christmas, obviously this New Year's, which I think yeah. for both of us was, was pretty tame. You know, this um, year. Yeah, relative to the the bygone days, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Then I had well, my fifty first birthday. Yes, that's right, that's right. You were you were looking a chipper fifty one, John. I chipper, must say. yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, does it does it. Feel fifty one. I feel every day of fifty one, yes, actually. Yeah, yes. and I never was able to say shit like that until I was in my <laughs> late forties. Go, but yeah, oof. All right, all right. But it's neither here nor there. We're back in action, and Indeed. look, we Indeed. all have faces made for radio, so it doesn't matter. There we go. So we started <laughs> off with that song, "Run by Hell," because we wanted something collectively. Uh, to exp- uh, explain a little bit of an angst or yeah. anxiety that's we going had on. A, we had an agenda going into this one. That's, we always have an agenda. So why don't you broaden that for us, what well, the opening you know, topic is. To be is. honest with you, Johnny, and I know this is going to sound unusual coming from me, but I got a little problem with the uh, the mass media narrative really? uh, surrounding January 6th. Yes, uh, yes the day which we'll live in infamy. Yes, uh, particularly... <laughs> Using the word insurrection. That is sedition! Yeah. As frequently as that word is being thrown around. It's the new Nazi. Uh, it would seem. Yeah. It would seem. And I, I got to say, as usual, my criticisms, it's coming from my side of the fence. You know, <laughs> yeah. this, is, uh, this is the, uh, the so-called liberal media. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Uh, being very liberal with, uh, with mm. words and, and terminology and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, the uh, the ball really got rolling. I should say, uh, it really really threw gas on the fire when I was reading uh, uh, something that came out recently from Barry Weiss, uh, who I'm sure you recall is the former New York Times writer who left there under controversial circumstances yep, to say the yep. least because she would not cave to woke orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that was her side of the story. Right. And uh, kind of interesting. She uh, inspired by. January 6th, she, she did a, uh, a story in her now weekly uh, writing Common Sense. She wanted to sit down with an old school conservative and get his take on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she spoke with Jonah Goldberg, who was the former editor of The National. Uh, he wrote the New York Times bestseller, Liberal Fascism, uh, which I'm sure is uh, gracing your bedstand even as you speak. <laughs> and uh, she got the tattoo to my arm. Yeah. And. <laughs> And, uh, and he was also, I believe, a Fox News contributor. Uh, not the kind of guy that you'd think I would agree with. 
Uh, but he had uh, he had a take on January sixth that uh, I felt uh, hit hit home. It was a truly accurate, spin free uh, take on it. All right, from well, do share from do a, share. A, a deep thinker like him. Well, in regards to the term insurrection, that would seem to indicate that there was a plan at work. Right. Uh, that this was an organized effort to, I believe, uh, the frequently referenced. Uh, uh, reasoning is to subvert democracy. In truth, the vast majority of the people that were there, vast majority, uh, weren't there to destroy democracy, mm -hmm. as goes the narrative in liberal media. Uh, these people, and I want to make this very clear, I'm not defending them at all. I think they were a bunch of fucking idiots, but mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. were actually there thinking they were saving democracy. Right. Uh, they bought into what is now being referred to as the big lie. And does not constitute what we understand to be an insurrection. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, again, I want to stress, I'm not defending them. And it's coming to light now uh, as, the, uh, as the DOJ moves forward that there was a little bit of conspiracy going on, particularly with the Oath Keepers. Uh, there was some, plan, some plans at work on that one. But, you know, like I said, the vast majority of people were there I think got swept up into the mob mentality right. uh, that frequently happens when things like this go down. And they bought into, again, what is being referred to as the big lie, the, the, the narrative being supplied by former President Donald Trump and his inner circle. And I just don't, I don't know, I have an issue with it. I, I mm -hmm. really do. You know, um, God forbid we tell the truth in mass media. The following is a public service message from Pathological Liars Anonymous. God right, forbid. Right. <laughs> yeah, God forbid we, we, we don't spin. You know? And again, you know, there were people that were definitely, you know, sleaze merchants like Steve Bannon, for example, mm -hmm. you know, did know what was really going on, did know that the, the election was not fraught with corruption, right. that it was, in fact, accurate. And he would be a good example of someone who was trying to subvert democracy. Mm -hmm. But most of these knuckleheads now that are, that are on trial, that have been convicted, that are awaiting sentencing... Not, not even remotely close to what we understand to be the the literal definition right. of an insurrection. And that's the thing. And I, I think you know, in so much as this one point on this particular subject, you and I are in lockstep because it's just the just the greasy media narrative and the, and the way they use words like. And I said to you, you know, to me, insurrection is such an old timey word. You see, Pepperidge Farm remembers. You know, it does, it does, it's I'm like a throwback to yeah, like I'm the Revolutionary to, War and shit. You exactly. Know? Bring yeah. up like six guys tied together by rope wearing tricorner hats and pantaloons. <laughs> and eminently quotable guys. Those guys always yeah. had something <laughs> that you could jot down real quick and that would you know, right. stand the test of time. But as you said, you know, once you introduced the, the cast of characters, like, for instance, you know, Steve Bannon, who really is, is is up to nothing more than than sticking a banana in the tailpipe of democracy? Yeah, it yeah. might stall out, but it's not going to do any permanent damage. Yeah, Steve's a big piston and Cheerios kind of guy. Exactly, he really exactly. Is. Just biting the, the the ankles of of just daily progress in this country. Yeah, and you know, before we we go any further, I mean, I I agree with you. It's like everything just kind of happened. You know, there's that that term. Um, that those of us that had one foot in the artistic community are familiar with. Uh, it was very prevalent in the 60s because they were going on all over the place. It's called a happening. Yeah. 
And it's kind of like a semi-conscious effort to create a, a, a widespread thought or feeling amongst a group of, quote-unquote, strangers, yeah. normally, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you counterbalance that with, uh, again, what you alluded to, the mob mentality and how things can just go to zero to 60 very, very quickly. Oh, yeah. And it very much attests to the poison efficiency of social media. That's yes. really what linked these knuckleheads yeah. together yeah. on this. And, it, you know, the, the conspiracy goes no further than that. Right. You know? And one of the things that had, had bothered me about the whole process for the longest time was, you know, like I said to you, we spent 2020 looking at, almost on a nightly basis, civil unrest as it relates to issues of racism and police brutality um, and the George Floyd stuff, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. There was and a lot of turbulence in 2020. A lot of turbulence and, a, of and a lot of outright destruction. Flames, yeah. overturned police cars. I mean, Christ, they, they took over a, a section of Portland and it kind of walled it off. Yeah. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. And I'm saying to myself, just from what I saw on TV, okay, I saw a bunch of people, you know, basically doing the wrong execution of the right idea, but they're all carrying American flags, yeah. okay? A couple Gadsden flags mixed in there and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, the occasional Trump banner. Yeah. But none of the flags were on fire, number one. <laughs> number two, none of the flags were even uh, hung upside, upside down, down in, in yeah. a sign of distress or yeah. inequality. Yeah. And to me, I mean, there were as many peaceful, like, gray-haired folks just marching around doing their thing as there were people storming the Capitol Rotunda, okay? Yeah. Have fun storming the castle. So I was watching this on TV, thinking, perhaps naively, that my good friends at Fox News were <laughs> giving me the full scope of the story. Right. Because I'm kind of one of those people that is like, look, if it's on video, then it's got to be true. Yeah. But, you know, you could do a lot of work in the editing booth. Oh, <laughs> if, yeah. If this show has proven anything, you could do a lot in the editing booth. <laughs> so I, I did a little bit of fact checking on my own just okay. to kind of, just to make sure. Ooh. Do tell, Johnny. What yeah. did you find? Well, mass disappointment is what I found. Ah. Um, and I, uh, I, I pulled some reports by the Associated Press, okay. which, in my opinion, and I think yours as well, is one of the last places you can go to to actually get the whole story. Or something close to Before it. Before the vultures on either side pick apart the facts. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be an obvious agenda at work with the AP crew. Right. So, And I, and I did this namely because it just seemed to me that the... The Department of Justice didn't go after those individuals in the aforementioned riots of 2020 yeah. um, that were destroying property and inciting violence and, and just looting all these stores. It just seemed like there was no priority whatsoever in either keeping the peace or bringing these individuals to justice versus the way the media is selling, you know, oh, 700 some odd, you know, uh, indictments and convictions on right. these Capitol rioters. Right. So yeah, they're really on that, too. Really they? on that. Yeah. So what I was aghast to find out was that about 10,000 people have been arrested during the racial riots of 2020. 10,000? Um, 10,000. 10, wow. And it's a rough figure, but it, it's in the neighborhood of 10,000. Yeah. Um, basically for, you know, riotous type events. Uh, yeah. Failure to disperse, unlawful assembly, curfews, uh, yeah. violations. 
And then the rest, probably about 30%, were burglary, looting, assaults on police officers. Yeah. Rounding out and the, the top like, 10. Right, rounding yeah. out the top 10. Yeah. Now, conversely, 725 people have been arrested in relation to storming the Capitol. Yeah. Now, that's not a drop in the bucket, but conversely, it's not 10,000 either. Yeah. And I, uh, on the conservative side of things, was led to believe, like I said, that these figures were grossly out of whack. And that was one of the things that I'm sure was in the, in the heads of a lot of these people that stormed the Capitol that day, because they were believing this same narrative, whether yeah. it came from a fired-up Trump speech or what they saw, you know, Jesse Waters or some pundit on, on Fox yeah. or, or, or Tucker Carlson spouting. Yeah. You know, there's there's consequences to putting people in a particular mindset and letting them get worked up into a frenzy. Oh yeah, it, and it's it's hard for us to put it in perspective uh, for a lot of different reasons. But that you know, the core of that crew of idiots and knuckleheads that charged the Capitol building really actually believed that the 2020 election was fraudulent. Right. They bought into that shit. Yep. You know, and it and it kind of makes me wonder. You know, what is with the need? Pulp, uh, pulp Fiction style heroics, I guess. I'll give you an answer. It rhymes term. with Dollywood. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we were this is what we were brought up on. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. The, the meat eaters of the Midwest and whatnot who think, you know, Maverick is an actual pilot in the U.S. Navy. Right. And John McClane is a real-life detective in New York City. Yeah. These people buy into this, and this is, you know, the stuff that they've grown up with, and this is what they've been sold a bill of goods for as far as what a patriotic nationalistic hero does. And really what they should have been taught is, you know what? Read a book. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you know, that's that would definitely help the situation. But it, there's... And, and no doubt what you're saying, there's definitely truth to it. But it's a big leap from the storylines that we've seen coming out of Hollywood to the bullshit... Right. That QAnon produces, for example. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and, and and like I said, this strange need for these people to believe in this stuff and to buy into this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's very difficult for myself and I'm sure for a lot of other people to wrap my brain around that kind of perspective on things. Yeah. You know. And it is, I mean, because like you just said it right there. We have a hard time wrapping our brain around this. And when they start hurling around words like Insurrection, sedition. Again, yeah. very old timey. Okay. Mm -hmm. But on that note, I said to myself, self, let's just break down what these words that they're banding about really mean. Okay. And in this case, here's here was my comparison. Insurrection versus civil disobedience. Okay. Okay. All now right. Insurrection, and we both found the same little boom, direct yeah, black and white it definition. It's kind of funny. I also felt the need to get the literal <laughs> definition of so insurrection. Great minds think alike. Yeah, there we go. A violent uprising against an authority or government. Hmm. That seems to make sense, right? Yeah. Violent uprising against an authority or government. Yeah. Whereas civil disobedience is labeled as the refusal to comply with certain laws or to pay taxes and fines as a peaceful form of political protest. Interesting. Which I think it begs the question, where do you go, like what's the trigger to go from insurrection, throttle it down to just civil disobedience? Because yeah. I thought a lot of what we saw in 2020 with all the flames and shit, mm -hmm. that was civil disobedience. Well, you know, going back to the exact same definition I found of insurrection, 
uh, that being a violent uprising against an authority or government, what exactly defines an uprising? Right. You know, how, how is what happened uh, on January 6th different uh, than, you know, a lot of different things that went down prior to across the country during the summer? You know, what, what, right. what, what right. is an uprising? And not to be obtuse, but what makes it violent? Yeah. Is one punch thrown? Does that mean it's a violent yeah, uprising? One window broken. Or did 10 people get shot or stabbed or, you know, burnt out of their homes? Is, is that more violence? I'm, well, not, I'm uh, not so sure at this point. Unfortunately, I think it, it comes down to the agenda mm-hmm. and the spin. Yes, you know, it's I, all like, about the spin. Yeah, and of course, I'm, I'm referencing mass media once again. Yes, you know, shit and that, heels. That bullshit <laughs> narrative that's going on, you know? I don't... Very much a situation where... I hold the quote-unquote liberal media to a much higher standard because they're the guys on my side of the fence. Right. You know, I expect a lot more out of them than yep. this. And like I said, it's, you know, the best word to put on it is embarrassment when I've got to go find a third or fourth party news source yeah. to get facts that in no way, shape, or form jive with what my side of the fence people are, are, are saying. Yeah. That really kind of pisses me off. And you feel a little betrayed. Yeah. You know, because I've been spouting this kind of shit, you know, since as long as we've had this podcast. And yeah, a lot of what I, I say, I try to make sure it's tempered with getting my own little grubby paws on facts and not just regurgitating what somebody else said. Yeah. But in the interest of saving time and whatnot or being under the gun to get new material out, mm-hmm. we don't always have the chance to check everything as thoroughly as we Perhaps yeah. should. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> referencing what you were just talking about, I had my moment of clarity. Uh, this would probably be going back maybe 20 years ago when I worked in national syndication radio on the West Coast. Uh, I used to write a show called The Love Report. It was all, <laughs> all, all about, you know, love and relationships, men and women. Uh-huh. And at one point, you probably remember in the late 90s, late term abortions became a topic du jour that everybody was debating. And so I did a, I did a deep dive into what was going on, I uh, had to go looking uh, and put some considerable effort behind finding the actual facts. Mm-hmm. And much to my horror, while the right was, of course, uh, blowing up the number of procedures and number of late-term abortions that were actually going down, mm-hmm. no shock there. I, you know, I expect that out of our... our our opponents, for lack of a better word. Right. But I also found out that the people on my side were downplaying the number of these procedures being performed on a yearly basis. Mm -hmm. And you probably had a similar similar revelation. But it's like, if we're the good guys, if we're the side of right, why do we have to lie? Right. The lie detector determined that was a lie. You know, why? Yeah. I mean, I know that probably sounds a little bit idealistic. um, But at the same time, if you're right, if you've got the truth on your side. And eventually, people are just going to start turning off the channel. Yeah, they're not going to believe know? any of it. Right. Yeah. And even now, we're, we're starting to see the, the same situation play itself out as the opinions across the board about the uh, coronavirus and mm-hmm. COVID-19 and oh, Omicron. Yeah. They're kind of plateauing now yeah. so that people are kind of generally starting to feel the same way about everything and saying, look... Let's just get on with our lives. Yeah. And it's, it's almost it's like... Not, it's not pandemic fatigue. It's bullshit fatigue. Yes, it's, quite exactly. Frankly. It's, it's the narrative that people are, are, are sick of. And it's just like, you know what? Let's just get on with our lives. We've got bigger fish to fry, which we most certainly do. Yeah. And maybe that's what's the same thing that's going to happen with, with this particular story. Because it's just, again, 
I'm not going to see it as an insurrection, just based on my idea of what an insurrection is. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're talking like Idi Amin type shit, yeah. or any one of these little dirt water countries. Oh wait, I can't say that, can I? Or mm-hmm. is it piece of shit country? I can't say. Yeah, yeah. Am I gonna <laughs> am I gonna be disappeared in the middle of the night, Curtis? Right, of, right. Or I can't call Haiti a shithole because yeah. God forbid. <laughs> but these these are the kind of places we think of when we think of. Insurrections because insurrections are often tantamount to a coup. You got a change in government. There's no stability. Yeah, we didn't have that here. And again, I'm always you know going to take one for the, the the boys in blue and Law and Order. Mm. But I think a lot of this was a, an abysmal failure by the Capitol Police. It certainly to let this that way, even it? take hold. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm going to say this again. I'm going to emphasize this point because I think it's rather significant. Um, the narrative that we're making reference to has become very dangerous. And it's due to, again, the poison efficiency of social media, mm-hmm. of mass media. Um, these people, you know, and you go back and you look at some of the, some of the film clips of what was going on inside the Capitol building. Um, these people were fucking crazed. Yeah. They were crazed. You know, the, the, the shots of people on the other side of the window smashing it out. You know, while these guys are trying to hold the line and hold the doors closed, mm-hmm. scary shit. Yeah. You know, but again, let's be accurate in labeling it what it was. You know, and I don't, I don't buy into, like I said, the term insurrection being used in this situation. I'm not going to downplay how horrific it was. Yep. Um, definitely not going to downplay, you know, what the, what the Capitol Police had to go through on that day, you know, the fear. That was going through the building, but let's let's call it what it actually was. Right. You know, it was, it was a, a bunch of dogs chasing a car, and they actually caught it. Yeah, but then what do they do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a riot. I can buy into that. Right. You know, nobody I'm, took a dump on anybody's desk <laughs> in in a Capitol Rotunda. You know, and there are individuals, unfortunately, like little AOC. Yeah. That's now going to spin this yarn where she paints a picture of it was like you know Schwarzenegger in the first Terminator movie, just. Cutting like a hot knife through butter to the police station. If you listen to her talk, that's what was going on, right? And and again, the problem <laughs> is when you use that kind of terminology, and it's as inaccurate as it is, people are going to stop belie- stop believing everything, right? Even even the truth, even the accurate stuff. That's that's the risk you take, right? When you know you get into hyperbole and overdramatization right. and putting the, the Capitol police officers, you know, in tears in front of Congress and everything. You're a goddamn cop. Fucking act like it. You got a badge and you got a gun. That was that was strange. <laughs> that was some really strange it was, shit. Yeah, it was Twilight Zone theater yeah. is what it was. You know, and again, you know, going back to uh, the Barry Weiss interview with Jonah Goldberg and how eminently quotable this guy is. Um, <laughs> and again, you know, not on my side of the fence, but, you know, he and I, I think, share a commonality in that we both feel like our side has been hijacked by an extreme minority. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the people um, are not, on either side, the extremists are not the majority. They're not the majority of the party. Um, and that should be stressed. But, you know, in going through the story and what Goldberg was talking about, I de- did definitely get the feeling from him that he feels the same way I do. Right. And, and that his, his side and, and the accurate narrative has been hijacked. And... He, I thought, summed it up near the tail end of the interview very well when he said that, uh, that the mob was there, and this is a direct quote, uh, because they were lied to by a president with a thumbless grasp 
of the truth and an utterly pagan understanding of the constitutional order. You know, I, I think he nailed it on that one. Yeah. I truly do. You know, that's and, a fair assessment. Yeah. And uh, yeah, going forward, keep your bullshit meter on high, folks. Yeah. You know, because it's not going to stop anytime soon. No, it really isn't. Especially, really God help us, what, two more years? We got, like, another big election cycle coming up? Well, we got... The, well, we got one, one right around the, the corner. Coming the up midterms. in November is going to be a shitstorm oh, and a half, man. I'm sure. <laughs> if ever there was a time for costume vigilantes, hey, it's now. And, and I got to say, once again, <laughs> I am so pleased that at least 10 states in the country have now legalized marijuana consumption for recreational purposes. Oh, it just <laughs> comes back to that. Because Your it love helps. the halfling's leaf. It, it helps. It truly helps. <laughs> All right, on that note, <laughs> it's time for a segue. Yes. As we hopefully depart into yes. uh, an equally interesting, but perhaps somewhat more lighthearted let's, subtopic. Let's segue the hell out of this, yeah. shall we? So what do we got for a middle gem, sir? Uh, this was actually a very interesting call. Um, this was this was actually this was I mean we both contributed on this one but uh, but Johnny was the motivator behind this <laughs> he was the spark he was the inspiration <laughs> apparently this particular artist is no longer on the band list <laughs> which I'm very happy but now he's about. back on after this because now we got to go like yeah. ten episodes at least before we play him again yeah well I'll take it you know good way to start off 2022 um, we're gonna go with a tune uh, by the late great David Bowie. Uh, and uh, I think it's most appropriate for our second topic of the day. All right. And uh, people will find out why in just a, just a few short minutes here. But uh, let's go ahead and spin this, shall we? Uh, from, the, uh, from the iconic, to say the least, album, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars, one of the longest album titles in the history of rock and roll. Uh, this is David Bowie doing Starman. All right, we're going to play this one for you folks, and we'll be right back in a couple minutes with some more scintillating things and stuff.
Switch on the TV He may pick him up on Channel 2 Look out your window I can see his light If we can sparkle He may land tonight Don't tell your papa Or he'll get us locked up in Probably one of my favorite. Well, I, I said this the other times too, but I really like that Bowie song. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I mean, everything off of the Ziggy album was was really, really, really vintage, right. vintage Bowie. Um, and that was again off of the 1972 uh, David Bowie album, uh, "The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars." Mm-hmm. And a little interesting uh, tidbit about that particular song: it was a late addition to the album. And it was actually a response uh, to the record label asking for a single. And show you how talented Bowie was and what a role he was on artistically then that, okay, here you go, boom, Starman. <laughs> I happen to have one of me pocket. Yes. <laughs> and uh, funny thing, it replaced a uh, single, uh, or excuse me, it replaced the song on the album. It was a cover of the Chuck Berry tune, Round and Round. Really? Yeah. And huh. uh, I don't, you know, no disrespect to the late, great Chuck Berry, but if I had to choose between Starman and Round and Round yeah. on a David Bowie <laughs> album, I'm going with Starman. And I tell you what, speaking of choosing and things that almost could have been, folks, you were so close to having listened to instead our middle gem, the theme song from Killer Clowns from <laughs> Outer Space. So to that end, let me introduce the subtopic for today. It's all about those wacky spacemen yes. led by in, industrial capitalists, such as yes. Mr. Elon Musk. Yes, a, a, a vintage Bond villain, if there ever totally, was one. Totally, totally. Yes. Uh, yeah, a little something caught my eye this week. Uh, uh, 
initially in Forbes magazine, believe it or not. Uh, I guess our, uh, our, our good friend Elon Musk uh, faced some criticism recently uh, from the Chinese government, of all people. Um, they well, were they're cl- always fair and even-handed in yeah, their criticism. Yeah, <laughs> and they're, they're, yeah. You know. As they pull the knife out of your temple. Indeed. <laughs> but uh, apparently they were, uh, they were complaining uh, to the U.N. Uh, Secretary General's office, no less, that uh, their new space station, uh-huh. and I'm going re- <laughs> to repeat that for emphasis, <laughs> the new Chinese space station, Yes. who knew well, the Chinese it, had a space I heard station? It, it orbits the planet once every 10 minutes. Yes, yeah, still under construction. <laughs> Ancient Chinese secret. Uh, apparently they had not one but two close encounters with satellites launched by SpaceX, which is, of course, Elon Musk's company, huh. uh, working on his... Uh, uh, some kind of internet project or whatever. Right, right. But yes, they had two uh, close con- close encounters, you could even call them near misses, uh, that prompted them to have to take evasive action to avoid colliding with these satellites. Interesting. Now, you imagine uh, how difficult it is to take a space station uh-huh. and kick it into evasive action mode. Sure. You know? Uh, the Chinese apparently had to implement what they referred to as preventative collision avoidance control on both July 1st and October 21st to dodge Musk's satellites. I imagine that also includes a heck of a lot of screaming at the top of your lungs. Oh, dude, party uh, time. Whatever party China time. is, is yeah. holy shit, kiss our asses goodbye. <laughs> I don't know, sir. They must have hyperchats on that thing. And what do we got on this thing? A Cuisinart? No, sir. <laughs> but according to the, the word-for-word nature of their complaints... <laughs> oh, yes. yes. <laughs> they say that uh, Musk satellites, quote, constitute dangers to the life and health of Chinese astronauts on board their station. Hey, that's some shit. Wrap your brain around Chinese astronauts. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Right. Now, okay. the other thing is... No other countries? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure there's still an international space station We do have there. an international space station. Uh, and they yes, seem to be doing okay, though. They, as a matter of fact, uh, had to cancel a spacewalk in November due to the uh, what they referred to as the significant risk posed by space debris. That I remember saying. Space yeah. debris. But they didn't go as far as to lay it at the feet of Mr. Elon Musk. I believe they did. Uh, oh. I believe they did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just to just to context this a bit, um, according to estimates, there are roughly thirty thousand satellites and other space debris orbiting planet Earth right now. Yeah, thirty thousand. Which you can is wrap a, your a bit brain much if that. you really yeah. want to, you know, break it down. It would seem to be. And yeah. uh, SpaceX alone has deployed nineteen hundred satellites uh, recently, with plans to launch quite a few more over the next few years. Again, working on this SpaceX internet project. It sounds like an excellent opportunity for an upstanding company like, say, Waste Management <laughs> to launch their own like bulldozer satellite and just yeah. kind of clean shit up up there. They would be the guys to jump in sure. on this, wouldn't they? Or maybe Italy needs a space station if you want to go with stereotypes. I could see Italians in space. That'd be I'm a lot of fun. I'm going to go up to space to uh, you know, clear out some garbage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you think about it, and wrap your brain around this, Johnny, we began launching shit into space... Somewhere between 60 and 70 years ago. Yeah. You know? Ain't yeah. that some shit. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, right now, scientists are apparently calling on world leaders to share info about their space junk with each other to avoid these mm-hmm. kind of collision scenarios. 
wrap your brain around that too. What do you think the odds are that that's going to happen anytime well, soon? At the risk of going full blown like Greta Thunberg or whatever that that chick's <laughs> name is, I mean, you look at planet Earth and we got floating islands of of garbage in the Pacific. Okay. Yeah. Which, not for nothing, I hate to be heavy-handed with this, but that's just that, that's an affront to God right there. Mm, yeah, and, and now, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. It too. is. And, and now you look in outer space, and you mean to tell me in the vastness of space, in, you know, 67 years, which is a drop in the bucket, you know, age-wise of the, of the planet, yeah. we've already got so much crap up there that we have to be careful of getting hit by some of this crap. I know, that's crazy, isn't When it? will people ever fucking learn yeah you know and if you're up there and you have a collision it's not like you can call AAA and get them to tow you home (laughs) you know eyeballs getting sucked out the head yeah it's game over yeah worst case scenario is the scenario right and they're talking about you know this is the kind of stuff I think about when they say they want to have a mission to Mars and establish a base on the moon I'm just like why so you could fuck that up too I mean seriously yeah I know um, I will footnote this by saying that uh, every story that I read about these, this scenario and these scenarios kind of curiously uh, bent over backwards to stress that the Chinese complaints have not been verified. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, we got a little cloak and dagger shit going on with this, too. And, mm. and, and yet, you know, somebody expects world leaders to share info about their satellites. <laughs> right, right. You know? Well, besides, I, I'm, I'm guessing, That's, again, based on the nightly news, mm. if China was that pissed off about it, maybe they'd use some of those sub-supersonic missiles that they've got and they're so proud of right now <laughs> and just like <laughs> knock some of that shit out of the sky. Well, maybe. you know, in, in, in all honesty, given that, you know, the narrative these days is to make China the next, you know, evil empire, yep. um, now they're going to have a space station up there. What do you think the paranoid assholes down here... <laughs> Are gonna say about that? How what they're they gonna doing? run with that? What are they doing? You know? They never know what they're doing. Yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> My goodness. So yes, things are things are getting a little complicated up there in space. Uh, I know. I know. Craziness. Absolute craziness. Yeah, I used to not worry about shit like this. Maybe it's just a, now that I'm a a centarian. Is that what we call that? Is that no, what it no, is? No, because that means I'm a hundred. What is? 50. See, that's right. Centarian would be a hundred. All right. So well, anyway, now that I'm over fifty years old, yes, it's like. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, a, a tree hugger. I don't go hiking. I don't buy into any of that shit. But people, the human, we really are a, a cancer on the planet. And it's like, is this what's going to happen? The older I get, the more I'm going to start thinking like a supervillain? Yeah. Because we need to, to thin out the herd, man. Stories Just, like this don't exactly work to deter that kind of that kind no, of. No, and it makes you think really that don't. if there is life out there, they're looking at us right now like... After the earthquakes and tidal waves, they won't be quite the human beings you remember. Oh, they got to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How can we keep them on their own planet? How yeah. can we keep them from expanding out into the universe? You know, universe and, and oddly enough, on and that And bringing note, their space junk <laughs> with them, you know? <laughs> I saw this thing today that there's um, an asteroid on its way. Okay. Uh, pretty, pretty close to us. They're, they're keeping a, a close eye on it. All right. And um, Is it another one of those asteroids the size of Texas? Pretty much. Oh, pretty good. much. Oh, good. And then, you know, I'm thinking to myself, again, if, if I was aliens... You know, there, there's an old saying that uh, you, you can tell what frightens your enemy the most by the means which he uses to frighten you. Interesting. So if they see us scrambling around trying to come up with some way to avert 
these asteroids, because there is another one out there that we're already, I think we already launched said missile. Yeah. And they're literally going to try what they say wouldn't work in Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Just to see what happens. Let's, let's start there. and Because I'm a genius. Let's see how All it right, goes. but I'm thinking to myself, yeah. if, if I was an alien race and I felt threatened or I was just mildly annoyed by human beings, yeah. my, my go-to move was just throw rocks at us, totally. <laughs> because we've got nothing. You're not going to get fancy. There's, there's no need for a ground invasion yeah. or to, to create pod people and take us over. Just throw the biggest rocks you can throw a rock find. at them. Just throw a rock at them. <laughs> you know, and given given the history of this planet and you know shit from space colliding with right. it, that's not an if. That's a when. Just a bit outside. Yep. You, know? you didn't happen to catch the footage from space of the uh, volcano exploding just today? No. Down by uh, the Isle of Tonga. Yes. Yes. And they've alerted even the American West Coast. There's a at tsunami least three time. foot tsunami, yes. right? But to see this thing from space, wow. holy shit! Actually, so, you know, now that, I, now that I think about it, in the the, the fog that was this morning, um, having my first first he cigarette calls it Saturday, and coffee, folks. Um, I do I do seem to recall seeing that perspective it was like a big yep. mushroom cloud of shit. Yeah, from seen from above. That yep. was a, That was a unique so, perspective. We got to worry about shit hitting us from out there. <laughs> Just a bit outside. We got our own <laughs> shit blowing up. Shit blowing up underneath us. I yeah. mean, it's just... Uh, it's going to be that kind of year, John. Great. It's going to be that kind of year. 2022. Shit's, shit's going to blow up. <laughs> We're doomed. Good fun. Good yeah, fun. It's all a good fun. But hey, we have this podcast to cling to. Yes. We will be your news source, folks, every week, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, be, that, we'll be that port in the storm for you. We, we, will. we will. We will bring it. You know? Yikes. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be some fun. After all, it is an election year. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said to you earlier tonight, with everything that, that's heating up, whether it be China or yeah. you know, Russia about yeah. to invade Ukraine, I, I, I think our saving grace at the end of the day is yes. going to be the new Robert Barron class featuring such unlikable cusses as the Elon Musks yes. and the uh, Tony Bezos yep, yep. and maybe even uh, Zuckerberg. Maybe yeah. he's going to find a solution to what ails us in the metaverse. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, rushing to get out into space just a little bit so they can bounce off the walls yeah. and float around in the cabins of these... Or maybe these guys realize that the big one is coming and they're really trying to perfect space travel <laughs> as quickly as possible. We're doomed. To get their ass off of here. Well, the Chinese uh, space station will be done construction uh, by the end of 2022. Oh, good for so that. So there's a little lifeboat action out there for us. <laughs> we could fit probably 10 people on that thing. Oh, could that thing have a bigger target on the side? <laughs> oh, I, I wonder. Know. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, good fun. So I tell you what, we're going we're gonna to break from the norm yeah. uh, on this episode. Let's and uh, we're, we're saving our final song to the very, very end. So yes. Before we get to that, uh, I guess it's that magic time where we say, you know, what's going on in Big Boom Radio? You know, John, I'm kind of <laughs> curious. <laughs> What's going on in Big Boom Radio this week? I tell you hey, what, my friend, minute, for once I have an answer. I, 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 it just occurred to me. Go on. We've got our 100th episode coming up soon, don't oh, we? Oh, it's right around the corner. Oh. It is. The oh. 100th episode, which will feature um, our third annual Big Boom Radio Hall of Fame nice. inductees. I sense a party coming on. Total. Like the, uh, the likes... Uh. We've never seen before. Right. Trust me, we've never seen this, folks. Oh, my goodness. And we still have it. And... Um, <laughs> 
We're also going to be having uh, my favorite award of the year, the Piece of Shit Award. I like it. I like right? it. That's it's always been to, one of my favorites as well. Right. Obviously, the, the biggest piece of shit. And, uh, and the list of candidates is long this year. Yeah. And we have a twist on our nominations for the Big Boom Radio Hall do of we, Fame. Do yes. We? Because we're doing staff picks as ah, well. Ah, that's right. I heard, I heard the rumors. Yes, taking a, a sip of the soup of insanity. <laughs> and we're going to have uh, Sir Nigel Pennyworth with a vote. Nice. Uh, Tula McBride. Okay. Uh, Professor Snoof is going to weigh in with his choices. Oh, my goodness. And uh, also, uh, we're going to hear back again finally from our, our groundskeeper, Connor McConnerly. Hi. And Connor's he's going to weigh around. in. Wait, what's now? Miscar? I don't say that's end of your business. Uh, yes. Now, we're going to have all of these people in the studio at the same time. You remember what NB, happened the last right. time oh, we did was, this? Yeah, it was not good. Oh, my goodness. Good. But, you know, it's also holiday season's passed. They're looking for their bonuses, so they're all, they'll all show <laughs> up, believe me. And everybody will be on their best behavior, I'm best sure. Best behavior. <laughs> and then uh, next week on the Classic Rock Showcase, we have a new theme. It's Jersey Boys Week. Really? And, okay. Uh, yeah, because, you know, I'm from Jersey, and I'm, I'm probably missing my homeland. There we go. So uh, from Monday to Friday, in, in a particular order, yeah. Um, let's see who's A lot of potential there. A lot of potential there. Uh, well, we got Bon Jovi. Of course. We got the Smithereens. Nice. We got, of course, Bruce. Of course. Um, Monster Magnet is in there. Really? As well right. as a somewhat controversial choice. Yeah. Because he was known as a New York guy, but he was born in Jersey. Newark, Mr. wasn't it? Paul Simon. Yes. 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 So I'm trying looking, to stay busy and keep everything as entertaining as possible. Looking forward to that. That's going to be a good week. That's going to be some good fun. Yeah, I spent my my time away from the podcast wisely with all kinds of new programming for the radio station, and uh, yeah, time well spent. Time well spent. Very good. Very good. Well, like I said, I'm looking forward to that week. I It'll definitely am. It will definitely be yeah. fun. Now, as I uh, alluded to shortly before, uh, we're going to do things a little different as far as. As you had said, we're going to, you know, have the last gem as we roll the credits, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So little, little, why don't you go little, ahead and tell us why we're going to do who we're going to do and why. Well, we, we want to give a nod, as we always do, uh, to the artists that, uh, that uh, graduate, I guess you could say, uh, promoted to the next, yeah. next, uh, <laughs> to the next, next round of existence, whatever that may be, uh, as I'm sure... Uh, the audience and the listener to Big Boom Radio, because they're sharp, dialed in people, are well aware <laughs> um, that uh, that Ronnie Spector passed away just recently. The, yep. the immortal Ronnie Spector, uh, someone who I have uh, and always have had the utmost respect for. She actually lived with Phil Spector and managed not to get shot in the At face. Least, yeah, you crazy know, world, huh? I, I respect that. <laughs> and uh, some of the artists she's dealt with, she's one of those one of those artists where. The people who love her and respect her, the artists that love her and respect her, really make you take a moment to pause and say, this, this, this woman was, she was an artist. Mm -hmm. She was a true artist. So yeah, we want to close the show tonight with uh, a little something that Ronnie Spector did uh, with the help of uh, little Stephen Van Zant uh, mm -hmm. from the U Street Band, of course, and uh, I, believe, uh, I believe Bruce was involved. And uh, they tapped into uh, another great songwriter, uh, tapped into his work to do this, uh, the great Billy Joel, who uh, is a and big that's favorite how he of, sold it of, of Johnny <laughs> Teflon's. And uh, this, was, uh, this was a cover that Ronnie did from uh, Billy Joel's 1976 album, Turnstiles, that he later said he wrote with Ronnie Spector and her all-time classic, Be My Baby in Mind. Uh, this is, of course, Ronnie doing Say Goodbye to Hollywood. 
There it and is. I think that's uh, most appropriate for the circumstances. Yep. Godspeed, Ronnie Spector. And thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, on our return back to the airwaves. We should be back to a fairly regular schedule now. Yeah. And don't forget, after just another couple episodes, we have that big, and it's almost like a double size, or at least 90-minute long nice. episode. We're going to do 90 minutes. It's going to oh, be an opus. looking forward yeah, to it. Opus. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. So on that, folks, thank you so much for joining us again. And as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you on the flip side. Take it away, Ronnie. 